Okay, let's start, Miss. Hello everyone, my name is Irvin from the Carolinian Physics and Astronomy Society and welcome to the 10th installment of this webinar series where we'll be answering the question, saan about ang physics degree mo? Before we start, I would like to thank our sponsors, Edward Kaluya and Claude Siniza for sponsoring this webinar series. Today we are joined by Ms. Flora May Ruiz, who graduated with a BS in Applied Physics degree at the University of San Carlos, where she also immediately took her master's degree. During her doctorate studies, she was an exchange student at the Fujian Catholic University in New Taipei, Taiwan, where she is a guest researcher at the Multifunctional Ceramics Laboratory. She also was a guest researcher at the Monash University in Malaysia. Ms. Ruiz recently obtained her Doctor of Philosophy in Physics earlier this year with her thesis focusing on the functional ceramics and multiferroics. All her research topics have also dwelled under the field of material science, testing the different properties and of various compounds. So hello, Ms. Ruiz. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm fine. Okay, so you have a presentation that you have prepared for us. So would you mind if you start sharing your screen right now? And you can start anytime. Is this okay? Okay, na? Oh, yes, miss. So start mo. Yes, miss. Okay, so hi, everyone. I'm Flora Mary Ruiz, and I just recently had the PhD degree acquired late of this year. So I will be talking about the academic career that I had with my degree and why physics and of course trying out your field in material science. So first is I went my high school on two different schools. So they are the Mandawi City Science High School, the Mandawi Comprehensive National High School, and the later part. So these schools um, were really research-friendly schools. So this, the mentors that I have there and then encourages you to participate in research meets, um, science fairs, and all those stuff. So this is where I have my first interest in research for these schools. And for choosing physics, there was this one program hosted by the students of the University of San Carlos. This program, this organization is called Pathways. So this was the whole Pathways um, group that I that I was enrolled in. So Pathways is a nonprofit organization. They help students from high school, especially those from public high schools. They help them prepare themselves to the introductory courses 
that they will be taking in college. So um, during these um, sessions, the tutorials in tutorials in academe, such as algebra, calculus, physics, and also in creative writing, stuff that you need for your first year in college. So I remember one time that there was a, a teacher there who was currently involved in BS Applied Physics. So he really made physics an interesting subject. So I, I decided that I would pursue the BS Applied Physics course in the University of San Carlos. So I think this program will also be very helpful, especially for the high school students that are watching now. If you are confused on what courses to take, um, the people um, involved in this program is enrolled in different courses. So we'll be able to introduce to you what the university expects you to do, what the university is expecting you to achieve with this program. So Grace was the one who really helped me decide I will be enrolling in the S Applied Physics program. So you should check out their page and their activities also. So in that, I enrolled in the BS Applied Physics course under the Kiwani Shrine Marketing Scholarship. And I don't know if they still offer this. So I was under the advisory. My thesis was under the advisory of Doc, Doc Roland Otado. So during the parts of your Applied Physics program, you will be immersed in on-the-job training program. So three of us were sent to Fairchild Semiconductors in Lapu-Lapu. So I was, we were assigned to different engineers in the department. So I was under engineer Charlie Orando. She specialized in the silver, I mean the wire bonding part of the semiconductor in this, of the semiconductor in Fairchild. So my thesis was on the silver alloy wire, fab characterization, micro hardness test, and intermetallic compound identification. So in semiconductors, most important aspects to consider is the developing of the production of electronic parts, such as the metal wires used in the circuits. So the company types of the common types of metals used in the wires at that time was gold, aluminum, and copper. And they each present different durability and durability issues that burden the semiconductor industries as well. So in response to this, there was a newly developed material, which is the silver alloy wire presented to the company. So this wire is softer than copper, less costly than gold, and theoretically it offers more or less the same electrical properties and with the reduction of the rate of the degradation and the damage during production. So our, our department or the is to focus on the reliability factors of the wire. So we utilize different characterizations in order to analyze how the free air ball, so this is the free air ball, is like you first attach um, the wire to the lead post, and then you employ different settings and wire body parameters in order to obtain the free air ball, or what you call the fab. This is not yet attached, so that is why it is called free air ball. So if it is attached, it will look like the one on the bottom, so it will be squished to the die. So that would be the picture if it would be attached. So the task there was to identify parameters that affects the free air ball. And the, sometimes it 
the parameters are not optimized, this free variable will not be spherical. It will be pointed, triangular shape. Sometimes it will be um, off-centered or tilted, and sometimes it will be rough. So it's really important to optimize the parameters of this one. Conducted different failure mechanisms for the wires, such as the hardness test. And we also um, look into the intermetallic um, between the bonding pad and the bonding wire because this is essential so that your pads or the die will not crack. So for this thesis, we were able to optimize the parameters to produce the ideal free air ball of the specific wire assigned to us. Then we were also able to determine where interacts with the, with the different parameters we applied to the wire. And also for this um, thesis, there was no cracking or degradation observed. That's why it is recommended to expand uh, the range of parameters utilized in the experiment. So that was my undergrad thesis. So for the BS Applied Physics program, it will not only help you with your academic growth. Um, some physics organizations, the PSOC, will also help you engage with other activities, such as sports class, and the program will also um, help you um, or encourage you to participate in some research conferences such as SPP, SPVM, and during your OGP, you will not only be fully focused on your research, you will also be experiencing fully the life of, an, of what a physics graduate will be doing in an industry like that. So that, was, that is the VHS Opportunities Program for the University of St. Carlos. So after that, I applied for MS Physics where I got the DOSP ASHRDB scholarship. So my thesis was under the advisory of Dr. Raymond Sarmiento. And it is a collaboration again. I, I mean, this was the first collaboration that I had with the Fujian Catholic University in Taiwan. So I left the semiconductor area and um, I went into the ceramics area. So I was a guest researcher for three months there in Fujian Catholic University in Taiwan. And my thesis revolved around um, bismuth ferric ceramics. So for the multi-ferroic lab, we in Fujian, we use solid solutions that are of perovskite structure. So as you can see, that is the basic um, structure of a perovskite solid solution. For my part, we use bismuth ferrite, where in the A site, bismuth resides. And for the B site, iron is situated. So at that time, bismuth ferrite really gained attention because it exhibits ferroelectricity. So ferroelectricity is when a material exhibits spontaneous polarization, which is reversible with the application electric field. So it exhibits ferroelectricity at room temperature. It is multiferroic, which is very, very advantageous for different applications, such as multi-state memory, data storage, spintronic, optoelectronic, sensors, and transducers. And it has gained attention because it can be a potential substitute for lead-based materials used in those different applications. So with that, it also comes with a lot of drawbacks. It is hard to synthesize in pure form. It has high leakage current, and it has low polarization and permittivity values. And as a response to these drawbacks, we dope it with another element, which for our thesis it is the samarium. So we dope with 12, 14, and 16% samarium doping in the bisphosphorite solid solution. So this is what the synthesized ceramic looks like. It's just really small. It has a one centimeter diameter. 
and the thickness ranges from um, one centimeter to micrometers and stuff, depending on what the characterization technique requires. So that is what the SM dope default ceramic looks like. For my thesis, we employ different characterization techniques such as scanning electron microscopy, transmission electron microscopy, XRD, Raman, permittivity experiments in order to analyze the structure and the electrical properties of the material. So the thesis concludes that 14% doping is the optimal doping for SM DOPDFO since it gives us highest electrical properties. And with this, um, we also supported it with the different characterizations that we have on why it functioned that way. So for my MSP6, actually five of us went to Taiwan in order to, to do our thesis. So the three of us who are all females were sent to Fujian for three months. So imagine the experiments that we need to do for three months and the pressure. And luckily and thankfully, we have Father Jesu there who was still completing his PhD degree. He was really the one who introduced us to the necessary experimental skills and necessary theoretical skills as well on how to deal with our thesis in just three months. So we also met with our peers in the lab group. So that is us there in the bottom right. And we also conducted experiments in different schools and also in the synchrotron center in Taiwan. So after that, I actually was wishing that if I could, I would be able to be accepted for the OST PhD scholarship, I will pursue PhD, if not, then I will work. But luckily, I was accepted for the DOST scholarship for PhD. So I went straight again to the University of San Carlos. In this part, I was already in the direct advisory of Father Jesu because he already finished his PhD degree there in, in Taiwan. So he went back to San Carlos to teach and I was already under his direct advisor, advisorship. So my thesis is on phase structure, paraelectric and electrocaloric effects in barium titanate based solid solutions. Um, this thesis was accomplished um, through the exchange student, which is one year, exchange student or slash guest researcher again on FJU, Fujian University in Taiwan. So it was a one-year um, program between the San Carlos and the Fujian Catholic University. So I, I highlighted in my thesis the electrocaloric effects and the, also the energy, energy storage properties of the material. So electrocaloric effect what is it? It is a reversible temperature change in dielectric materials when you apply it to applied electric field. So macroscopically looking into it, we all know that materials have an or um, randomly oriented dipose during its ground state without any stimuli. But when you apply electric field, then there will be um, the dipose will be oriented with the direction of the electric field. So you have a dipole, dipolar state orderedness, and this will always be compensated with a lattice vibration disorderness, or what we call entropy. So this is manifested with the heating up of the material. And in the reverse, um, in the vice versa, if you remove electric field, this will also manifest in the cooling of the material. So electrocaloric effect is used in the electrocaloric cooling solid state systems. So for this part, the dominant materials or the leading materials are lead-based. So PZT, PMNPT, PLT. And since we researchers have the responsibility to the environment and in order to preserve our uh, to preserve environment we find alternate materials that are not that not that dangerous so for my part it is the barium titanate doped with gadolinium gd and zirconium which is zr 
So as you can see, the left part, that is the purely zirconium dope barium titanate. And the right part is the co-dope gadolinium and zirconium barium titanate ceramics. So I utilize these materials. And one specific um, setup was in order to highlight the electrocaloric effect is what you can see in the slide. This is the polarization versus electric field hysteresis loops. From this, you can obtain the recoverable energy or the one that is utilized, such as with batteries, the stored charge. Then you can also determine the energy loss. And in, in total, you can determine the energy efficiency of the material. If you do this experiment with the temperature dependent and electric dependent um, parameters, you can then apply, you can then obtain the electrocaloric effect of the material. So for this study, we found out that it is still insufficient to be a lead substitute, but we have two highlights. So in order to improve the electrocaloric effect or electrocaloric cooling potential, um, the co-doping of GD and zirconium introduces more entropy in the system or the more disorder in the system. So it enhances the electrocaloric cooling. And another is if you utilize a material that has different phases, different phases, I mean, it's not only purely cubic, there are different crystal symmetries in the material, such as cubic with tetragonal and other stuff. If there is a multi-phase coexistence in the solid solution, then you may be able to induce disorder and enhance electrocaloric cooling potential as well. So you might also say that electrocaloric effect is an entropy or disorder based um, area. So that was my thesis. So this was our lab groups. This is the lab group in Fujian and in a sister school, Minchi University Technology. So those are our pictures. And these are one of our, um, you can also see the experimental setups that we did. And the bottom center part is my batch of PhD in the University of San Carlos. And for PhD, you are encouraged to, to learn not only in your national area, but also to expand your knowledge and your collaboration in the international area. So the student exchange program in the Fujian University doesn't only require you to do research purely. It also requires a certain number of units for you to complete. So I have to attend two to three classes for two semesters for the student exchange program. So in order to survive also the PhD um, student exchange program, you have to surround yourselves as well with friends. So we have also Filipino friends there, Filipino um, schoolmates, and we also found ourselves friends with the Indian, Indian um, students there. So the international student body will also host different activities for you to mingle with other foreign students that are enrolled in other courses in the same school. And there is also an association of the Filipino scholars in Taiwan so that you won't, you won't feel left alone and so that you would also be able to express your concerns in the school. This was also supported by the cultural office there of the Philippines in Taiwan. And one of the requirements for the PhD is for you to be able to experience an international conference because you're already a PhD. You should not be limited to what is only there that surrounds you. So for my part, um, me and my close colleague, Ms. Heidi Manai, we went to the European Ceramic Society Conference, which was held in Torino, Italy. And we presented our studies there. 
So I think international conferences, if it is given an opportunity to you, you should grab it because you will not only be experiencing research by your own peers of your level, but you will be meeting those who you are only reading in papers. So those people that already established their careers in your area, those people who already published books as well, you'll be meeting them face-to-face. -face. You can talk to them whenever, wherever you want during the whole conference. You will be also presenting your research and as well, you will be advised with what pointers in, in order to improve your research as well. So my last stint was in Monash University in order to reproduce my results on the electrocaloric and the energy storage properties. So we don't have a group picture here because at that time we were just all so hungry and we, we forgot to take a picture. We were just hungry and discussing and we forgot to take a group picture during that time. So I just grabbed this picture of Doc Chang Wei from the Monash um, website. So she was my host, host mentor, host professor in that university. So this was this is um, one of the labs that I conducted my test and their synthesis lab as well. So my whole PhD life was more on actually interacting with international groups and be able to expand my knowledge and also to gain knowledge on the international area and the recent research updates on, your, on my area. So why physics? So for me, whenever and wherever you are, physics will always be the fundamental force, the fundamental requirement one needs to have in order to understand the whys and the hows of everything that goes around you. So with the research, if you're specifically interested with research, physics will always be there. It will never leave you from the start of the experimental setups. You need the basic concepts, basic theories of physics, to the acquiring of data, and to making sense of what the data is telling you in order for you to be able to contribute to the research area that you are specialized in. So I encourage everyone to do physics because later on, especially in research, it's really an important course. And I also encourage everyone to try out um, material science. So material science is the area where you discover and design new materials and in order to assess their properties and structure. So everything that everything around us requires the right materials. So this area helps in determining what things are made of and why they behave the way they do. And um, this means that material science affects us on our daily lives and plays significant roles in different aspects. So it is interdisciplinary first and foremost. It uses um, different disciplines such as metallurgy, ceramics, physics, and chemistry. So you don't need to be a hardcore physicist, hardcore chemist for this. You just really need to be flexible enough to connect and apply different disciplines in the specific research area that you are dealing with. Material science will always be relevant and always be impactful in the future. Breakthroughs from material science will always be substantial, such as the discovery and the development of lithium-ion batteries, which is now utilized from smartphones to cars, the discovery of carbine, which is now said to be the strongest material in the world. And material science doesn't only stop to what is currently available now, before it was only limited to metallurgy and ceramic departments, but now it involves a wide class of materials such as magnetic materials, biomaterials, polymers, anything. So it can be experimental or theoretical or both. You are not only required to sit in laboratories and experimentally engage yourself, but with the active usage of computer simulations and software programs available, you can study and discover not only existing materials, but you can even discover new compounds that 
we thought were not were not supposed to exist that may present significant properties. So lastly, um, material science offers you a wide variety of careers from the academe to forensics to medical in medical businesses and industries that involve not only science but technology as well. So that's it. So pursue material science. So I think that's it and thank you. Thank you so much, Ms. Ruiz. Would you mind if I ask you a couple of questions? Okay. Okay, so what can you say to those people who want to pursue material science? Like what things should they know before they step into it? Um, first and foremost, you must always put into your mind that material science is not, not a pure science. It is a mixture of different science, different, different skills. It requires you to, to have different skills as well. But you must not also be, you know, intimidated by the fact that it requires different skills because there will always be a learning curve for everyone. And you will be learning it and experiencing it as you go through the programs as well. It also deals with a lot of chemistry, am I right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So Joseph wants to know what kind of programs did you use in your experiments in your material science in your bachelor's? Oh, so the so bachelor part, we didn't really have the simulations programs. So we have only the characterization programs, just as the scanning electron microscopy during my bachelor's program. But when you go to the PhD, we simulated one using the VESTA program with the help of other professors as well. So James wants to know, uh, what was your experience like, or describe your experience in your under in your undergrad as in the physics department? So undergrad was mainly focused really on getting to know physics. It is where physics becomes so hard for because it is still the beginning steps. The first step will always be the hardest. So that is my bachelor program, but it was also a fun one because that is the only. Um, stage or I mean the career milestone where you meet you are with the same group of people for your five years so you get to bond with your friends you have a lot of activities together but with the graduate programs because you are specializing already so you don't get to have that much time and that much work so joseph has a follow-up question what kind of mathematics is required for material science for the calculations that we will be using? It depends. It depends on what. For us, we don't really use hardcore mathematics. But the interpretation of the data, you just need to know the theories behind the experimental setups that you do, such as XRD, you need to do, know the Bram's law, those stuffs. So what made you decide to take up your master's and doctorate? degree right after your bachelor's it seems like you're not getting any breaks um for um it really made um research interesting for me research is interesting so the my fair child's in the ojt for me it was kind of lacking i lacked the experience it was more of a thirst for more research so that's why i decided for masters and i won't be able to decide fully on pursuing masters if there wasn't any scholarship available because i wasn't really we're not financially many of us are not financially capable for graduate studies 
So due to the OST scholarship offered by the offered by the university, there I proceeded to masters. Also, were your uh, research exchange trips uh, fully backed by the university? The expenses, I mean. Not the university, but by the OST. Oh. Yes, I mean it's part of your scholarship. There's a part there where you can utilize some money, some funds in order to go to conferences, go to student exchange programs. So, have you ever thought about working in between uh, in the industry in between your degrees? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have thought, but then. I told myself that the momentum for studying is ready there. I just proceeded and proceeded straight to PhD. So what are your plans now that you have finished your doctorate degree? Actually, the plan now is to go to academe or to apply for postdoctoral positions. But it's kind of hard due to COVID. So right now, um, we are dealing with a, a new set of data. We are planning to make a second paper. So that is what we're currently doing. Okay, so unfortunately, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much, Dr. Ruiz, for your elaborate presentation and for joining us in our exploration to the possible career paths in physics. Next week, we'll be joined by another guest. For more information on this matter, just check out the USC Physics and Astronomy Facebook page. Also, we would like to thank our sponsors, Edward Kaluya and Claude Siniza, for sponsoring this webinar, and to the organizers from the Carolinian Physics and Astronomy Society for making this event possible. Once again, thank you, Dr. Ruiz, and for the live thank audience you. joining us today. Is there anything else that you would like to say before we end? Um, do not be afraid of this. <laughs> Just pursue it if you're really interested in research. People will be there to help you. Colleagues will be there to help you along the way. And there are also a lot of learning materials online. Yes. So don't be afraid. Okay, so once again, I am Irvin from the Carolinian Physics and Astronomy Society. And I'll see you guys again at the same time next week. Thank you. Thank you.